We're doing, doing a lot uh, with, the, with the wedding and just working as a team. I appreciate that. Uh, let's, uh, let's go back uh, to the book of Daniel this morning, uh, Daniel chapter 10. Uh, next four weeks, the next four Sundays, uh, we'll be having the meal following the morning service uh, together and then an early um, service as far as the second service goes. So just keep that in mind. I'll contribute uh, to that. Also, uh, the last regular season game for softball is Tuesday, uh, Tuesday at 6.30 here in Clinton, all right? So that would be great. All right. So that's really a unique passage here uh, last week, and uh, just a snapshot into something we rarely think about, probably. Maybe you think of it more than I do. Um, it seems like nowadays I, I, I have started thinking more about, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm not talking about in human affairs, I'm talking about in that great stage of the spiritual battle. That has been going on ever since you know man was made by God and, and uh, man was made by God with the capacity of having a relationship with God. Now, before man was made with the capacity of having a relationship with God, there was already evidently angels that had been created. And those uh, angels were ministers of God. And one of those angels in particular, as we saw last week, rebelled against God, remember? And, uh, and one of those angels, uh, and probably one of the archangels, probably right up there with Michael, um, was Lucifer. Some might think that he was maybe even the, the leading angel. Uh, certainly we can see, uh, for example, in the book of Ezekiel, there's two Old Testament prophets that talk about um, Lucifer, uh, that, that he had built-in instruments in his body. Very interesting. He had percussion and, uh, and wind instruments as part of, that's how he was created. And so you just think about that aspect about how, you know, Lucifer was probably the chief musician before God. And, uh, and, and God is a musical God. If you study the Bible, you know, over and over again, it talks about how God loves music. He created music. And so if you think about, uh, you know, probably the, the, uh, the choir leading, leader in heaven or the, the main musician, that was one of his, his uh, uh, attributes as an angel. It seems like the angels have different powers and attributes that God gives them. And uh, Lucifer, is one of the main components of it was music. And, uh, and, and so, you know, it stands to reason that he understands music better than anybody, any human being probably, and... You know, it seems like the devil, you know, he's got his music he uses for his purposes. And then, uh, you know, God, a musical God, uh, you know, desires music to, to be used to honor him. Uh, but that, that Lucifer, one of the main angels, he, he, he promoted himself saying, you know, this is great. I have all this influence, but I think I want to be, I think I want to be tops. I think I want, I want to be God. And, uh, and so he took that attitude, evidently he permeated, you know, and he influenced uh, uh, one-third of the angels to go with him, to revolt against God, and then ultimately they had to be dealt with. Uh, we saw last week how Michael, another one of the, the, the great angels, the chief uh, princes as he's called, 
battled against uh, this uh, uh, Lucifer, one-third of the angels, and they were, uh, they were, they were, they were cast out, uh, no longer having you know, the, the, uh, uh, the role that they were created for to, to, to serve God. Well, what did they do? They took on the role instead of undermining God at every turn. Now, probably the thing that they hate the most is that creation of that which God made human beings to be able to have a personal relationship and worship God and recognize Him for who He is. So what does He try to do? He tries for as much as possible to deceive mankind as to who God is, to God's goodness, to recognize God. That's like His whole game is just perpetually, the Bible says He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a destroyer. And, uh, and that's what he does. And he has, you know, he has millions of, of minions that work with him uh, in that regard. And you say, well, I heard all that last week, and, you know, I'm just not really convinced. That just sounds, it sounds sensational, you know, science fiction. Uh, that's, just, that's just religious talk that's meant to manipulate people. That's meant to, you know, kind of coerce people into thinking this is the only way and that's what's really going on. Well, uh, I'm going I'm to use more Bible today because, you know, I can't convince you of anything. The Bible self-proclaims the sword of the Spirit that does the conviction. It goes to our heart. It takes truth to our heart. And it convinces us of, 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 of God's truth. And uh, it does that work. And so I'm just going to give you more Bible today. And let's see if we can build on this a little bit, just to help us visualize. Now, obviously, if God wanted us to really visualize it, he could, he could have made us so we could see that at all times. But uh, if I could use, you know, I guess, mundane vernacular here, you would be freaked out perpetually <laughs> if you could see what was going on behind the scenes, as we call it. You'd be distracted by that all the time. It'd be like shock and awe overload well, you wouldn't be able to accomplish what God put you here as, as an ambassador you know, for him to, 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 to work primarily within this realm in which he put us here in space and time. But he gave us enough disclosure, so he wants us to keep it in mind. <laughs> he wants us to know the reality of it. He doesn't want us to constantly be distracted by it, but to, to walk in, in, the, in, in the reality of the spiritual battle that's going on. There, is, there are things behind the scenes that are happening for the souls of mankind, and even probably to fight truth here this morning, that we, probably, we can't even fathom sometimes. And, uh, and the Bible talks about those princes of palities. And there's an organization within, uh, within that, that, that fallen hi uh, angel hierarchy they have organized themselves here on earth. This is where they, they were sent. They were sent to earth. They've organized themselves here on earth uh, to, to undermine God's work as much as possible. That's the Bible reality of the situation. And uh, it's sobering, but yet it's exciting uh, to know. And, 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 and to see here that this godly man of prayer, in answer to his prayer, an angel comes and discloses to him uh, part of this spiritual battle that, that, was, that was going on. So you look here in, uh, in, in, in verse uh, uh, 10. Um, it says, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man of great beloved, understand the words which I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I, I am now sent. So this angel was sent uh, to minister in particular 
uh, to, to, to uh, Daniel. You say, well, that would never happen to me. Well, in the book of Hebrews, it says, look, be careful because you may, you never know when you might be entertaining an angel unawares that you're not even aware of. The chances are very high, I believe, for each one of you that you've been in contact with an angel in your life, in the, in the, in, probably in the form of a human being. You just didn't realize that, that that was an angel. You said, well, that's weird. Well, only because we tend to function within a realm in which we don't consider that there's more things going on than what we think. And that's what the Bible's helping us with here. So the angel came to Daniel, um, and, and he said, Fear not, Daniel, verse 12. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. Now, words that were heard by God, what's that called? That's called prayer. Okay? It says he had been expressing himself, his words were heard, and I am come for thy words. In other words, I am come as an answer to your prayer. That's interesting. And it says, uh, but the princes of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, um, one in 20 days. So for 21 days, sorry I'm a little late, Daniel, it may seem, uh, but uh, I was, I was, uh, I was uh, involved in a battle there. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, so we know there's more than one. Uh, we have another one mentioned in the Bible, Gabriel. Um, and uh, we know Lucifer was probably one at one time. It says, uh, they came to help me, and I remained there with the king, uh, the kings of Persia. And so he was battling um, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, in context there, I, I, I can tell you that that was not a person that, that, that they were battling, and as far as a human being goes. That was within the, the spiritual realm. There was a prince of the wicked ones who was assigned to that region that they had to get through in order to get to Daniel, who was, within, um, was in Persia. All right. So we're just the current just drawn back a little bit for us to see here as, as it's given to Daniel by inspiration is passed on to us as well to see, hey, this is these type of things are happening. This is really going on. I can guarantee you there's a battle going on for America today. You know, America has been, been used by God to uh, send more missionaries in the, into the world than any other nation in the history of the world, all of them combined. You know, America has been used to give more financially to the cause of the gospel than all the rest of the, the nations combined. It's an astounding thing that God, in, in our short journey as a nation, how God has used America for his glory and for the, for the spreading of the gospel. He really has. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can just tell you the devil hates America because of that very fact. Because generally speaking, we sought to form ourselves with God or recognition, and we are a country unique in many ways as, 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 as to our God or an orientation. You know, the devil hates everything that, 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 that stands for that which would exalt God. Righteousness exalted the nation, and we have sought primarily as a nation to be righteous before God. Now, that big old ship, as we talked about before, is turning around little by little, and uh, it has, I believe, a lot to do with the spiritual battle that's going on. For our nation, for our, our community, for our homes, for us as individuals uh, today. Now, you say, you know, well, you know, this, uh, it uh, maybe, may, may, could be, possibly. Um, I did want to give you one story. And uh, probably, you know, you see for here for Daniel's answer to prayer. If, if you've had an angel probably, you know, involved in your life in some way you didn't know it, it was probably because of your prayer life. It seems like it has a lot to do with the prayer life. It seems like those, those, those realms are moved by our prayers. Why, God, why does God do it that way? 
because he wants us to be a part of it. He chooses to work through our prayers. Does he have to have our prayers? No, of course not. But uh, he does work through our prayers, and he worked through Daniel's prayers. And we'll talk more about that towards the end of of the message. But uh, there was a a missionary named John Patton, a missionary to the uh, New uh, Hebrides Islands. And uh, as the story goes, uh, there was... The, 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 the natives to that land did not appreciate their presence, and uh, one way that they would take care of people that they didn't want on their islands, they'd just kill them. They'd just kill them, and they'd done it before, and, and they surrounded this missionary's house one night. His wife was terrified. Um, he was scared, too, but they just started praying. They just started praying. And they knew they were surrounded, and they knew the ill intent that had been communicated regarding them, and humanly speaking, you know, they were dead. They were going to die that night. But they didn't die that night. In the morning, the, the crowd had dispersed. They even got a little sleep. And they'd, they continued to pray about that, that situation. And then as time went on, some of those uh, very people uh, started to be, to, to be one to the Lord and understand the love of God. And the story came out afterwards about that night. They were able to talk to some of the people that were involved in that night. And they said, why was it that night? You guys, you know, you could have come and you could have harmed us. You could have killed us. And they said, well, it was because of all the people that were there with you. And they're like, what people with us? And they said, no, there was really big men that had shiny swords that were surrounding your house that night. We didn't dare, we didn't dare uh, mess with them. And uh, you say, well, you know, somebody might have made that story. Okay, so maybe Brother Missionary just decided to make that story up. Uh, you know, I doubt it. You know, most missionaries are there because they're sacrificial people. They're serving others. They're honest. And they get afraid just like you and I do. And they admitted they were afraid. They were under duress. They were threatened. And they prayed. And later the story came out that these people that wanted to harm them saw what we, what we could only assume were angelic beings uh, protecting them there. And uh, that is a story that, that was told you know, verbatim by that missionary who went through that. And there's many other stories uh, like that. Uh, it's funny because when I was, I was reading about this story, I'd, I'd, I'd heard about it before, but I looked it back out because I wanted to fi- uh, find it again. I couldn't remember exactly how it went. Well, you know, the, ne- the next uh, article down was by Snopes. It was hilarious. You go, Snopes, okay. The, the great fact checkers, right? Uh, it's like, if you want to know anything's true, you know, don't go to the Bible, you just ask Snopes, Okay. And uh, Snopes went on and on about all these sensational stories that were just used by Christians to manipulate people. So I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, look, hey, you can either decide to believe Snopes today or you can decide to believe, you know, God's word and people who went to sacrifice their lives to serve others, all right? Uh, but let's, uh, let's, let's ask some other people here this morning. Let's ask, and, and some of these stories are well known to you, but let's think of them now in the context in which we're talking here. Let's ask Bethlehem's shepherds. Let's ask them. So let's go to, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're given here another snapshot into the angelic realm. This is very interesting. Now think of it, you know, think of it a little more in the context of this message tonight instead of, you know, children on the stage in their bathrobes, you know, where they're doing the Christmas story, all right? Uh, Think of it a little more, a little more maybe, uh, could I say majestic than that, okay? Um, Even though some of those... Trails are, are great. We don't undermine them. All right, now Luke number two, verse uh, number eight, it says, and they were in the same country. This was, uh, uh, this was the, uh, the hillside here. This was uh, the countryside. Shepherds, real life people, real life tough men who were used to seeing a lot, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And lo, what does it say? The angel of the Lord. There are the Lord's angels, and then there are other angels, okay? And that seems to me like it's pretty much locked in at this point. I don't know how it all works, but, you know, man has free will. I'm not sure the angels do at this point, except to, to exercise, you know, according to, to what their position is at this time. Either they've rebelled or they have not. But yet the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord, what does it say? Shone round about them. So it's like God is putting his, his presence or stamp of approval on this manifestation. This angel showed up, all right? God's glory was in it there, in a, a representation of the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they, that is the shepherds, were what? They were afraid. Look, when their eyes were opened up a little bit to it, what happened? They got scared. Now, they'd seen a lot. These shepherds, I can guarantee you, they weren't scared of much. There had been a lot of predators that they dealt with. They were out there by night. They weren't scared, but all of a sudden they were. And that's the way we would be, too, if we could see it, you know? Uh, we'd, be, we'd, be, we'd, be, we'd be scared a lot if we could see the angelic realm. But they do see it here. And in verse 10 it says, And the angel said unto them, so angels can communicate, Fear not, they're messengers. For behold, I bring you good tidings, or I bring you a message. What type of message? A message of great joy. So the angel is saying here, look, my, my primary purpose right now is to bring you a positive message. All right? Uh, which shall be to all people. This is a great message, a joyful message for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That is the message which the angels want to promote for the joy of mankind. You know what the, the, God's angels, the angels of the Lord want to do? They want to facilitate the gospel message. That's what they, they, they want to be involved in. And uh, they glory to think of what God is doing for mankind. And they're servants of God for that cause. All right? Um, thus they would protect a missionary, right? Thus they would answer Daniel's prayer as one prophesying even of the Messiah. And, 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 and they're superintending here the very birth of the Savior. Well, I mean, that's a natural time for angels to be involved, to manifest themselves, right? They're superintending the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the most monumental you know, occurrences in history. And uh, I think there was a great, vicious battle surrounding that time there as well. Uh, I remember, uh, remember the king at that time felt threatened by the king of the Jews being born, right? What did he do? He like, killed all these children, two and below. Tell me that wasn't of the devil. I mean, what would possess a, 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 a human ruler to just go kill a bunch of babies? Just kill them. Just slaughter them. That's demonic. You don't believe in the devil? Look around you and see some of the things that happen. Look at all the babies that are being slaughtered today. You don't think that's demonic? Now, I know man is sinful. And, and uh, you know, we, 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 we realize that the wickedness, uh, wickedness of mankind you know, leads to many things. But there's some things you just look at and you say, man, that right there, that's got the, that's got the devil written all over it. And uh, certainly this occasion here, and the angels. But there is light, and here's God's glory, and it's a joyous message in the midst of it. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, so look, in the midst of the darkness, think of the light. In the midst of the darkness, God gives light. And the angels uh, here, um, a multitude of heavenly, what's the word? Host. It's like an army of God. An army of God. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's the angel message right there. Hey, ask the, the shepherds. They'll tell you. They say, well, they're not alive anymore. Well, we got the account of it right here. And uh, someday, well, if you're a believer, 
You'd be able, yeah, hopefully uh, some of them came to Christ. I believe they probably did through this. I mean, they went and worshipped the, the Christ child, right? You'd be able to talk to those angels someday. And a lot of other Bible characters, too. And uh, that'll, be, that'll be neat. All right, so let's look at another one here. I made reference to it at the end of the, uh, the message last week. Um, let's ask Balaam's donkey, okay? One of the most humorous uh, 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 you know, stories in the Bible, but it's true. God made a donkey. And uh, he allowed this donkey to talk. Let's go to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers chapter 22. And we'll pick it up in verse 21. He said, well, you know, we're just getting more far-fetched all the time. Now we're talking about, uh, you know, demons and angels. Now we're talking about a donkey that talks. Well, let's see why this donkey talked. You know why the donkey talked? Because Balaam was an unbeliever. That's why he talked. And uh, if you're an unbeliever today, maybe the, maybe the donkey's got to talk to you, too. Uh, you know, we're, we're all the same as humans, so we all need help. All right, verse 21, it says, And Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his, his ass and went with the princes of Moab. So he's got this ride here, he's got his donkey, and, and, he's, and he's saddling up, and he's going, he's up to no good. He's selling himself out. He's just selling himself to the highest bidder here, okay? He's selling out God's people. All right? And, uh, and it says here in verse 22, if, you, if you're wondering whether he was up to no good or not, look at the verse, uh, uh, verse 22. It says, and God's what? His anger. Uh, righteous anger of God was kindled because he went. And then it says this, and the angel of the Lord, see that? Stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now, God's angels could be a helper in answer to your prayer. God's angels could be a hindrance to you because of your lack of prayer. And, uh, you know, this uh, Balaam, he wasn't interested in, in getting God's will. He was interested in what was going to benefit him. And, uh, but God was still being pretty gracious to him, if you think of it. He's trying to hinder him from going to, into the, into the full-fledged decisions that he's making for bad. And he sends an angel here. Yeah, I mean, the angel's hindering uh, Balaam, but he's really helping him, if you think of it. And so let's, let's read the rest of the account here. It says, The angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And uh, the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. So the donkey sees the angel. And the angel's standing there with a sword in his hand, and he's hindering the path of, 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 of Balaam. Think about that. It says, and the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam was trying to go down this path. He's trying to meet to make this deal with the bad guys. And the donkey sees the angel and said, I don't want any part of that. And he tries to go around, you know, through the field. Tries to <laughs> take the long route around. And uh, Balaam's like, what on earth? Okay. And Balaam starts beating the donkey. Hey, hey, I don't want to go this way. He starts beating that donkey. That's what it says. He, he smote him to turn her into the way, get her back on that path. But the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. So he gets back on the path and he gets into a situation where there's a wall on either side of the path. And the angel that the, only the donkey can see at this point is standing in that path so that the, 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 the animal can't get by. All right. Can you picture it there? Um, and in verse 25, it says, and when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself unto the wall. Now, Balaam's having a bad day here. He's trying to get there, you know, he's trying to get this deal done, you know, and, and, uh, and make some money off of this whole battle and stuff and, and sell out his people. 
But uh, now he gets between these two walls, and his donkey, evidently had been a very well-behaved donkey at this point, decides to crush his leg into that wall. Instead of going through that angel, it's like, no, I don't want to do this. You know, just go to the side and just crushes his leg. So you can see probably the, the, uh, the anger mounting here in, in, in uh, Balaam. It says, and he smote her again. What are you doing, stupid animal? Starts uh, hitting the, the, uh, the donkey, and the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place. There was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. Very descriptive. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. It's going from bad to worse for Balaam. And uh, he's wondering, what is going on here? So now not only is he crushing his foot against the wall, but he actually falls down um, with Balaam uh, on top. And so uh, and the Lord, op- and, and, and this is where it gets really interesting. It says, Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. So he started beating him with his, with, his, with his stick. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. He said, well, I don't believe in, in, in angels. Well, God made angels, whether you believe it or not. He said, I don't believe that this donkey talked. Well, if God made the donkey, he can make the donkey talk. And that's exactly what he did here. And she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam's like, are you kidding me? Now, he's so, he's so focused on his anger and the fact that, that, that this donkey has no clue what they're asking. I mean, look, you know, you ran off into the field, you crushed my leg against the wall, and now you fell down on me. What do you mean, what, what did it be done to me? So he, start, he starts talking back to the, the donkey, is what ha- happens here. Um, and so Balaam said unto the, unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there was a, a sword in my hand, for now I would kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay, I got to admit, you've been a, a, you've been a, a good ride. You know, this is a, um, it's, it's always worked out good. You've always taken me where I wanted to go. And then verse 31 says, Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. <laughs> so what the donkey had seen, now Balaam sees, and you see his reaction there. He's like, oh, no, and he just falls flat on his face. That's all, that's all he could do at that point. Amazing. Now the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten uh, thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. You know what God is saying here is, is look, you're doing wrong. I sent an angel to try to hinder your path from going further in this. Now, sometimes, you know, we're trying to do something within a day. Have you ever tried to, to, to accomplish something you thought you wanted? And, and maybe it's not even anything wrong. But you just felt like you were hindered at every turn. Maybe you're trying to travel somewhere and you hit a traffic jam. Man, is that ever annoying. You got it all planned out. How long it's going to take you this time? You're going to try to beat your record from last time, you know, to get there. And, uh, and there's a traffic jam there. And you're like, come on, you know, people, let's go here. Why do they have to pick this road to make, do this construction on and why does everybody wait until the last second to cut in there, you know? If we'd all just merge and we could just all keep moving instead, you know, there's always these knuckleheads that have to, I do it sometimes too, but I get out there at the last second and, and get in. And, you know, it's just like, but have you ever thought about the fact that maybe God is doing some things to hinder us from getting somewhere that might be dangerous to us? Do you know that maybe, probably God has saved us so many times that we didn't even know it. And we're like getting all frustrated. And we're beating the donkey. 
right? And we're having a temper tantrum. And God is saying, if you can only see what was going on, I'm actually helping you here. You don't even realize it. Now, he gives us this illustration here where somebody did see it so that we could get an inkling of some of the things that might be going on. And when you're probably making some bad decisions, probably God has put some roadblocks in several times there to graciously impede you from doing the dumb thing that you're about to do. But instead, you're kind of like, Balaam, I want to do it anyways, and, and uh, you just forge ahead with it. So he says here, uh, verse 33, and the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. God, the angel saying, look, you know, your, your, your donkey was trying to help you. Unless she had turned from me, surely now I also had slain thee and saved her alive. I'm a lot more happy with your donkey right now, Balaam, than I am with you. All right? And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. No, you, you sinned because you were doing wrong and you were making bad choices. All right? Seeing the angel didn't all of a sudden make him a sinner. Okay? Seeing the angels made him think about his sin all of a sudden. Um, you see the, kind of the words he's using there. Now, therefore, if it displeases thee, I will get me back again. Hey, if it's all the same to you, Mr. Angel, I'm just going to get back on my you know, donkey here and just go my, my, my merry way. All right? And there's more of the story about that. But, you know, hey, look, you don't believe in the unseen realm? Ask Balaam's donkey. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. Well, I guess it's a she, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, well, um, let's look at another one here. Ask Elisha's servant. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. This is a great story. This is crazy. This is kind of similar to the missionary story, really, if you think of it. You say, I don't believe God could do the, these things today. Why? If God could do it back then, why can't he do it today? Has God lost his power over time? Has God less interested in the, in the affairs of, of men as it relates to the gospel now than he was before? Okay, it says in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, it says, The king of Syria warred against Israel. Now remember, we don't really battle ultimately against flesh and blood here. But on this level, what can we see? We can see a king attacking God's people. And that's what it looks like here on earth, okay? The way it plays out is the devil is trying to pit human beings against one another. All right? He's trying to use um, people to undermine God's work. And it, and it looks a lot like, you know, people versus people. But ultimately behind it, there's something more going on. But the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. So they were making battle plans. And... Uh, the man of God was able to tell the king of Israel exactly what the battle plans were. And so the prophet was given disclosure by God. This is what the enemy's plans are. And he went and told the king exactly where to go and not to go according to, to what the plans were. All right? So you want, you want to look. If God's given, you know, somebody a message from him, you want to listen to that. That's safety there. And the man of God sent unto, unto the king. It says there in verse 10, and the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. In other words, this happened several times. The enemy made a plan. The prophet went and told the king what the plan was, and they, they avoided the, the, the trap. All right? Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled. He's like, how is this happening over and over again? These are good plans. How is it that they're avoiding these plans? So he started to get suspicious. He's thinking, hey, there's a mole here. 
There's a spy in our ranks. All right. He was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Who's the traitor in our midst? And we'll take care of this issue right now. Um, and one of his ser uh, servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. Even in, your, in the secret place, you know, the, they seem to know what the plan is. And he said, Go and spy where he is, and I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Now look, look at this. Therefore sent he uh, thither horses. So the, the king of Syria, the enemy, got his, his, his forces together, and instead of going after the king of Israel, he's going to go after the prophet of God here. And he says, Okay, let's, let's do this. Let's get rid of him, so then we can go after the, the, the king of Israel. And uh, so he says, In the chariots, a great host, they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host come at the city, both with horses and chariots. So the servant gets up first. Elisha's still peacefully sleeping there. And the servant gets up and he goes, uh-oh, we are in trouble. I think this deal's up right now because we're surrounded by, by the enemy. And uh, so he goes and tells Elisha, his servant said to him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do, do about this? We're in big trouble. Verse 16. And he answered, Fear not. Now look at this. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now at, the, at this point, the servant must be saying, look, you know, I'm, Elisha, I'm not real good at math, but there's like two of us. And I'm looking out there, and I haven't counted them carefully, but it's more than two. Okay? And they got horses and their chariots, and they, they got ill intent towards us. So it doesn't look to me like there's more of us than there is of them. And uh, in verse 17, it says, And Elisha, what's the next word? Prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. Here it is. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Oh, man, isn't that awesome? That's glorious right there. In answer to the prayer, now Elisha already knew because he was... He was engaged in the battle, okay? He was somebody that you didn't have to convince that there was a spiritual battle going on. He was a veteran in the battle. He had prayed many times. He knew what the, what the situation was. And so he said to the young man, let me teach you something. God, would you reveal to him, would you let him, let him have a glimpse of what you're doing right now? And when his eyes were open, he saw that it was surrounding them. Spiritual, real, chariots, of fire, and, uh, and they were protected by God. And so um, Elisha's servant uh, saw it here. And oh, there's just account after account in the Bible uh, of, of this. And you say, okay, well, what's the point of all this? All right, so next week, Lord willing, we're going to look at one last account that's going to lead us into what the Bible-prescribed battle plan is if we believe that there's a spiritual battle going on around us. The Bible is very specific about what the plan is, about what the strategy is. The Bible is very specific to say this is going on and this is how you deal with it as a human being. Because you are under attack. Now think about that. Let's, let's finish strongly here, okay? Let's finish strongly. There's going to be an illustration next week from the Bible that, believe it or not, is going to be, I think, more remarkable than any that we saw here today. More powerful in a, in a sense that we're going to be able, be able to identify with it 
more specifically where we are today. It's going to hit us in a way that you're going to say, wow, I have seen that around me in the world. I have seen that picture right there. And it's going to open up your eyes and say, you know, when you're seeing those things happen, there's more going on than what you think there is. In the life of that person, there is a battle going on for their very soul, their very existence before God that God wants you to play a role in. If you're here today and there's some things that are really going south in your life, you know you have an enemy that hates you, but let me tell you this, you have a great God who loves you. And we're going to see next week that the God of love and the God of power, the God who has a plan for your life is greater than any of those forces that are trying to, to be destructive in your life. And uh, I, hope, I, hope, uh, I hope you carry on because it's going to be part three of this message. And uh, it'll bring it to, to a close in such a way that you're going to be you're going to be rejoicing. And you're going to be like, yes, that's the side I'm on right there. And, uh, and if you're not on that side, you're going to want to be, and the opportunity is going to be there uh, for that. So we looked at a few, uh, there's a few illustrations, so, right? The shepherds, and, and, uh, and, and we looked at the donkey, and, and uh, we looked at Elisha's servant, and we'll look at one more, and then we'll come to those conclusions uh, together uh, next week, okay? Um, so between, between, between that time and now, you know, you know, God's given